community radio listener. Welcome. When you hear the trippy music, you know it's time. Every Wednesday, it's two o'clock. You know that means it's time for some call me Tim. Some call me Tim. There it is. I always try to get my timing right on that, and I rarely do. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to Some Call Me Tim this Wednesday, October 25th, coming up. Some scary Halloween times we have in the studio today. Lynette so-and-so. Hey. Hey, to talk about what she believes in, the origins of what makes or doesn't make her a moral and ethical human being that lives with us here on the earth. Uh, I usually start out with this question, because some call me Tim, is just talking with individuals about what they believe in. Uh, And it comes from the Monty Python and the Holy Grail uh, wizard when they say, uh, there are some who call me Tim. And the reason I started the show is that it was in the wake of our new Trumpian regime of um, just crazy Islamophobia and this targeting of, of people because of what they believe in. I was like, how... It's all kind of ridiculous anyways. So right. I just, but I want to know everybody's sort of background and how they, what they believe or don't believe because we've been using, we've been somehow demonizing certain religions and I don't know, people and stuff and all that Christians, crazy stuff. It's, it seems like the religious right. Well, this isn't about that. This is about you, Lynette so-and-so. <laughs> so usually um, we turn to Sparkle Jesus and ask you, do you believe in Jesus? I would say I believe in Jesus. Jesus? As in, there's a version of it that I believe. Is it specifically a Hispanic version? Probably. Okay, that's why Jesus. Yeah. I believe in the brand of Jesus. Oh, the brand. Yeah. He has a good brand. I think Jesus has a good brand. Yeah. All Um, right. I believe in the brand of Jesus. That's great. That's very... uh, Today, that's what people do. They talk about, are you on brand? Mm-hmm. And do you like that brand? Are you on brand with Jesus? He was a nice guy. Yeah, long-lasting brand. Long-lasting brand, yeah. There's text. There's various churches. Right. There's a lot. There's a lot going on there. I'm sure there's social media accounts that are not Jesus. the real Jesus. I bet there's one Jesus. called the real Jesus. At, I'm sure you, there is. Yeah, I bet that's a, that's a Twitter, the real Jesus. Yeah. Well, there's got to be a guy named Jesus that... There's a few. I mean, there's a bunch of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. The real G. That's, I mean, why would so many Hispanic people name their child Jesus? That's what I love. Um, I had a Catholic, I went to Catholic school, ah. and, oh my God, what was his name? Father Marino. I can, inv- I can imagine it now, sitting in his classroom. And this was a private Catholic school in Miami in Little Haiti. Whoa. And it was actually a really diverse school. Haitian Catholicism? No, no, no. In Little Haiti. The neighborhood oh, okay. of, in Miami. The sure, 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 sure. Um, and it's one of those high schools where you can take a picture and it looks like a diversity brochure. Sure, sure. So it was like, I thought that was real life and it's not. Um, anyways. And people know the difference between a Puerto Rican and a Mexican. <laughs> And a Cuban. And a Cuban. And a right, right, and a right, 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 right. Yes. People are like, you know, Lupita Consuela. Like, 
you gotta get your Mexican ass over here. No, I'm I'm Dominican. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so we were sitting in class, um, and he said, which now looking back at it, I'm like, that's that's effed up. That's messed up. Yeah, yeah. You um, can swear. On okay, the that's. Station. I was like, yeah, yeah, wait, yeah, can yeah, I yeah say you fuck? can. We're just. Yeah, you totally can say. Okay. Fuck. And he said, I don't know why you guys would name anyone Jesus or Jesus. And I was like, rude. Yeah. And I don't know the reason why specifically. I don't know if it's like. He was just his own brand of racism. You people. Why do you call your kids Jesus? Exactly. Um, He didn't sound that Southern. He was more (laughs) like Italian, but no accent. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if it's like. I. I can assume that in the Latino culture, we're superstitious. A lot of us can be. Maybe it's a good luck charm. Maybe you're hoping your son is more Christian Uh, because his brand is now Jesus. Sure, sure, sure. Because Jesus can't do bad things. Right, right. Could you imagine if you had a little boy named Jesus and he was just a terror? And then you could call him the Antichrist all the time. That's Jesus, you're the Antichrist. (laughs) That'd be pretty funny. That's wild. Um, yeah. Evil little children. So I believe in the brand. The brand. Jesus. So you were raised Catholic. Was there a specific time where you said, I don't believe in this anymore? There's a very specific oh, time. Oh, cool. There's a very black and white specific time. Um, I was five when my parents were divorced. But Catholics aren't supposed to be able to get divorced, are they? Because you can now. No, I don't. I think you're not supposed to, like you're technically like removed from the church or whatever huh. that means yeah. or you're not in good standing i'm like a light catholic you know okay. goes to church when someone dies sure, sure goes to church when someone gets married right goes to catholic school sure easter you do easter and christmas not even not even All not right. even we don't even go to mass we literally go to mass if someone gets married right or if someone's dead gotcha. dying or dead um so parents divorced when I was five and I was a young kid I remember praying to God yeah. I don't think I th- I called it Papa Dios oh cool like father father God, God. yeah father yeah God yeah, yeah that's great um and I remember my grandmother being like don't make God mad it's gonna rain she would say it in Spanish uh-huh. and I'm like okay and then it would rain I'm like and I would go to her and I'm like why is God mad you know why is he mad? What did I do? Right. And that was a pattern for life. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but specifically, oh. I remember being, the the breaking point was when I was 11. I was in Catholic school. I think this was the fifth grade. And my mom had been divorced. She'd had boyfriends. And then she started having, having lady friends. Oh, cool. And then these lady friends were really girlfriends. Right. But it was never addressed. Sure. And I think the real world was out on MTV at that oh, point. Oh, okay, okay. And the real world always had um, a gay roommate. Sure. There was a, like I don't know if it was like a typecast thing. No, but of course they did because they yeah. they they were they had, they had to they had to fit that niche and they were saying this is the real world and these are the people in it. Yeah, except even though it's so highly scripted, but it is situationally scripted. And um, and I remember, and then, so my mom never told me, and I actually confronted her. And I was at the beach, and I just flat out said, are you a lesbian? Yeah. To her. And you were 11? I was 11. Hardcore. You were paying attention. Yeah, I was, and she's like, yes. She didn't 
good for her. And I just then you my outed world, your mom. How about that? You outed your mom. I outed my mom. I never said that, but yeah, I outed my mom. And then everything changed. I told like two friends in middle school. And they were like, good for you, or like, that's awesome. Like, they were very accepting of it. But I still felt like it had to be a secret. Huh. Because... It was so stigmatized by the by the religion that you grew up with, that you were like, you were trained that it was a sin. Exactly. And so, whether you believed in that or not, it still affected you, and you, it still... Yeah. So, did you think your mom was a bad person? Was that like, in, sort of in the back of your head? Were you always thinking like, my mom's a sinner because she's... Did you feel like you, it was a chosen thing since she'd been with your dad for so long? Or was it that she was hiding it for those, like she always was I gay think, potentially? No, what what I, I got angry. Okay. I was pissed. Because what, she lied to not you? Not at her. I was pissed because I feel at that point, like the only thing I saw on TV that was gay that I knew was the real world. Right. Right, we must be around this. Yeah, I think you're probably a little younger than I am, but you yeah. were talking about like the real world. That first season was what, 91? Right yeah, like right before 2000, like okay. the 90s. Okay, yeah, Even yeah. Even though yeah. the 90s were fun, they were still kind of like pretty hidden compared to now. Like, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and the 90 movies, uh, the in the, the cultural, the, even when it has nothing to do with homosexuality. In all comedies, the butt of the joke was gay. You, you, watching stupid movies like Jingle All the Way or The Santa Claus, you'd be so surprised if you look back now at 90s movies what anti-gay stereotropes existed in those films. It's insane to go back now and be like, we were so homophobic and it was just everywhere. It was pervasive. Even sitcoms. Sitcoms are like... Absolutely. Bizarro. Yeah. Bizarro, like so heteronormative so yeah like you must be married and miserable or something right and that's a good thing right 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 right. um those were the days it was yeah so going back i got angry at the church okay i got angry at the catholic schools because i said you know they were saying i would hear in classes if you're if you're homosexual which is the word they would use you're going to hell. Right. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. So this is fifth grade that you're like telling your teacher, you're saying, hey, wait a minute. I actually never addressed it with a teacher. That would have been really badass, but I never did. Um, I'm sure now that's a dialogue. Sure. In Catholic schools, but I don't, I don't even think I had the ability or even thought to do that. So how did your anger manifest? Did you silently stew or did you like you know, break crosses in the chapel when no one was looking? Or, like, what did you... How did that that anger toward the church... Yeah. Did it find... Did you write a paper? Did you... I don't... Tell I your think, friends, sacrifice a dog? I'm this terrible. <laughs> I, don't think it, I don't... You know, that's... I think... I was just pissed about it. Sure. I was pissed... Because it's... For me, the math was... My mom pays for me to go to this this private school. Right. Like, she's the only breadwinner. breadwinner. My dad was not... In, he was in the picture, but not someone that contributed. Sure. And so you're telling me I'm sitting in this chair because of her money, and I'm going, and she's going to hell. So like, even if I go to heaven, whatever that means, she's not going to be there. That's weird. Right. Yeah. That's rude. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you were 11, and you were like, you saw the, the inequity, and yeah. you were like, that's not 11, fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah. That makes that's about the time. The questioning, like, so did you just, 
you still went to Catholic school. You just, still, until... You just turned off. You were like, in class going, this is bullshit. Yeah. Or I felt like I should be ashamed. Oh. Yeah, I felt like a certain shame or like... Sure. I think I had shame and resentment towards my mom. And the okay. resentment was dumb. It was like, oh, she can't give me dating tips. <laughs> and it's like, obviously she was able to give me great dating tips because she married a man. Yeah, and she absolutely. didn't even like men. Right. So obviously she has them. Right. So your, your, your anger wasn't that you felt that she lied to you or lied for so many years to your father. It was just, you didn't, that didn't, that didn't come into your phone. No, your I don't think at all. You I thought think about like she was sacrificing all those years to, to try I, to be heteronormative. Yeah, I, I definitely saw like the way my grandparents are and like how old school they are and coming from an environment like I, I know people now are like really proud and there's like pride and you can be, but it's like, it wasn't, yeah. that's new. Right. That's yes. so new. And I think people forget that. Um, not that being gay is new, but that being out and open. Right. And everybody being okay with it. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, the Stonewall riots and you, people were arrested in the 60s and 50s, 60s and 70s for going to, for being suspected of going to a, right. a homosexual club or something, you know, yeah. like they could, they could, police could storm in and arrest everybody, which is crazy to me that somehow people's sexuality determines, this is something I think it's interesting about religion and it's one of the methods of control is like by controlling someone's sexuality and ability to procreate that it's like one of the easiest ways to control them which is why catholics with no birth control and mm -hmm. it's easier to control your wife if she's always pregnant and she can't earn her own money or she she's dependent on you because yeah. she's constantly having babies you know it's it's a great mechanism of control yeah i never thought about the pregnancy thing un until you said that right now yeah like being tied up um so i think the way what you said earlier like how did the anger come out yeah 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 um everyone in school was like preppy uh -huh. and i was like the girl that liked rap a lot oh really yeah and that's still a comfort to me i guess cool. like listening to rap um and i would date like the older boys that went to other schools sure sure um I started drinking when I was 13. Oh, so, you were, yeah, it came out, your anger came out as rebellion. Yeah, rebellion, but like not enough rebellion that I get into too much trouble. Sure. But hanging out with the people that always get into trouble. Right. Well, and then you still get to be the goody two-shoes because everyone knows like that you're a Catholic schoolgirl, but then you're also doing the thing, so you're just on the edge of rebelling. Yeah, like somehow safely rebelling. Exactly. Right. Trying to be a trying to be good, bad, practical and rebelling. Right, practical rebel. Well, that's great. You had some discipline. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. You didn't. You weren't so rebellious that you're like, I'm gonna go have a baby. Ugh. Right. Sex. Have sex. I, I. So when I was raised uber uber Christian, um, all of my sexuality was completely just in the shame closet, and I'm heteronormative cisgendered female and even that was like I mean even now I still I'm 43 years old and I still have like issues surrounding sex because of Jesus <laughs> because of just, yeah. uh, just because of this morality that we tie somehow our sexuality and our morality are the same when really they have nothing to do with each other mm -hmm. I mean I guess it makes sense for women in that if 
the morality existed because we didn't have the science of birth control. So you had to have a mechanism of control on your sexy teenage daughter because their birth control didn't exist. And guys aren't going to, I don't think they pulled out in medieval times. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't a, who knows? But um, it was, I could see how the morality could have been tied to a safety issue then. But now that we, you know, have like ownership over our own faculties, I don't know. Uh, So you rebelled in high school and you went all the way through Catholic high school. You graduated. Being a child of loving chaos, I... Oh, I also rebelled through stealing. I just... Oh, stealing. Stealing. (gasps) But from from who? From big corporations like Macy's or like little mom and pops? No, no, no. Not mom and pops, but Not from friends. No, never from a friend. Like from large, innocuous corporate... Like entities. Bath and Body Works. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> like Bath and Body Works. Sure. And they, have, like, they, have sh- they have a budget for shrinkage. Yeah. Like drugstores. Like sure. the cheesy. Drugstores meaning like a big CVS or Sure, Walgreens. sure, 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 sure. What would um, you steal, Candy? I would steal makeup. Makeup. I would steal makeup or any kind of beauty product. Okay. So did you take it to the bathroom, take off the tags and then just put it in your purse and be like, oh no, I've had this lipstick all the time? Um, oh man, I did That's how I would do stuff. it. I did like in the clothes that I was wearing. Sure, because they can't, they can't search your clothes. They I can't pat got, you down. I only got caught once. Huh. And it was at a Specs Music. Do they have Specs in SF? No. It's like um, Goody Music or like sure, a, sure, sure, wherever sure, you would like buy Like a tower CDs. or a, yeah. Exactly, like a sure. tower. I can't remember the CD I was trying to steal, but you know, they had like, Oh, the beep, 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 beep. It wasn't the beep, 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 beep. It's the, the, like that square raised thing, the square raised thing. And I was like trying to scratch it off. And I remember this woman coming up to me. She's like, put it down and get out of here. Ooh. So you didn't even get caught. No, she must've like maybe been watching you for five minutes trying to scrape this thing off. And then maybe she like felt for me. I don't know. Cause we looked pretty similar. Oh, so you didn't really get her. Thank you to her. Um, and I just like walked out. The stealing stopped early in, in high school. I feel like, yeah, it definitely stopped. And like, well, if you're going to steal, the best time to do it is when you're a child because they, are rarely going to press charges unless it's some sort of repeat offense or unless you're like, I don't know, black or something. Yeah. But if you're like, a, if you're a girl stealing, they, they I mean, they're going to, no one's going to prosecute you as a child. Right. And especially if you like cried and were like, my parents got divorced when I was five and yeah, I did this candy bar so my father will pay attention to me. Then they'd be like, all right, all right. You know, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a safe crime. I think if so. If it's, so you've, oh, you're rebellious. You're like the safe rebellion. So CDs, lipstick. Lipsticks, body splash. Body that was splash. In. Right, 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 right. Of course, that was in. Um, yeah, bet, bet, bath and body works. That that would be pretty easy. Yeah. I guess you could palm something. or They have a lot of cameras, though, I bet. I'm sure. And I just would just do it all magic the time. yeah slide a hand i had i had like i could have asked my mom for money it was fine that yeah. wasn't a necessity but there was something about the danger of it and right. that you it's so funny because that's like the opposite of Catholicism. like they'd be like be honest don't steal stealing is bad uh, it's not one of the 10 commandments though is it is it 
I think it's do not steal one of the Ten Commandments. I feel like it may be. I know covet your neighbor's wife is one of them. Yeah. Which is weird. I'm not sure. I feel like don't it may steal. Be on there. We I should, should probably memorize look it. Up. it. I know. I can't. I mean, I did either. memorize it. And Let's, then I we're, we'll look it up. We'll see the Ten Commandments. Yeah. It should be easy. Ten Commandments. The internet is amazing. Uh, so you went, but you you did this. So you stole, but you went all the way through. You graduated 17 years old. You, did the nuns give you the the nuns diploma? Were they were they more priests? Were they nuns? I got. Um, I went to middle school was nuns. High school was brothers. 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 One father. One father. But brothers. Did you ever um, have any issues with priests and scary no. stuff like that? No. Except I would fight with. I fought with one of them like over over printed letters um a friend of mine had a mohawk oh and he was told that he had to remove his mohawk oh and i was really upset um about it because like punk rock why not sure not that i really listened to that much punk but i was self-expression it's they were were putting the kibosh on someone's self-expression with their own body and their hair exactly it makes sense which the school i commend because there was a big community of um Haitian, American, Jamaican, African American, Black, whatever, and they allowed them to wear their hair. However, dreadlocks. However, sure, sure, sure. Shave it up. Whole, shave it down. Shave it. Yeah, like have a have dreads, fake big hair. Dreads, big, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which All like, right. anyways, and we got to wear sneakers to work. So there was like some self expression, but for some reason, like the mohawk on a white guy. They didn't. They I don't just, know they why, said, but I no thought, effects or whatever. Yeah, I fought for a white guy. Don't know why, wow. but there was something about it. And eventually, he did shave it off like a day later. Huh. Um, and the brother came up to me and was like, here's your letter. And then my friend Ben was sitting next to me, Mohawk Ben. He's like, what, what happened? What is that? Or what's going on? And I told him and he's like, you didn't have to do that. And I'm like, I don't know. I just felt like he, why couldn't he have his Mohawk? Sure. Well, Um, I did. I fought once on, uh, at the state Capitol with some people and people were like, it's the only thing I've ever protested for. And they're like. You protested for what? And it was against Sikh, those those guys that have the turbans. Uh-huh. Okay, so they never cut their hair. Okay. Ever. It's part of their religious tenet. Oh, yes. And in jail, they were trying to make them cut their hair. Okay. And so we were all protesting at city at um, at the state capitol saying, No, it's it's religious freedom. You 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 can't cut their hair. That that's their entire life's religion and work you you can't do that and they were like well they made the mistake of doing whatever they're in jail but it's like you know but with mass incarceration and how people are unfairly tried or stopped or frisked you know the marijuana things the three strikes and blah, blah 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 but um people were like that's what you fought over like guys not being trying not to have their haircut but it was it was about it's about the religious thing. If they if they're, if they're that religious and it's that much to them, it would be terrible. But it's the same thing to a punk rocker. Like yeah. their mohawk. My boyfriend has a mohawk. It's because he's a punk rocker. He's had yeah. it forever. It's ever since he was yeah little. He wears it down. Wears it up. Uh, let's see if there's the. Um, here are the abs. These are the 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 uh, what are they called? Ten commandments. Ten commandments. Biblical laws. It's uh, I am the Lord thy God. No other gods before me. 
No graven images or likenesses. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. I'm breaking all of these. Remember the Sabbath day. Honor thy father and mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. That mm. shall not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, yeah. So I am the Lord thy God is not a commandment. Obviously, that's just. Right. That's the beginning. That's, just, that's the preamble. But no other gods before me. That's the very first one. It's like, I'm the number one God. But you know what's pretty amazing is that in going up to the mountain and saying no other gods before me, it's almost saying that there were multiple gods. Exactly. It's almost God admitting as a monotheistic God that there are other gods out there that exactly. people worship. Which is so trippy because it's like, so you found all these, it sounds like an abusive relationship. Absolutely. Where it's like, okay, you mm. dated all these other dudes before. Mm -hmm. mm -mm, now you belong to me. Right. That's scary. Yeah, absolutely. And zombie Jesus too. No graven images or likenesses. So no, you can't have any I idols or, which is, it's funny. This gets interpreted now too. I, at the church I used to go to, they used to say that no graven images or likenesses that TV is actually breaking the uh, Ten Commandments because you created a thing that shows us our gods and our own images and likenesses. Like the TV is just a constant symbol of idolatry. Right. So we were kind of taught that TV is the devil. <laughs> uh, don't take the Lord name in vain. This is so ridiculous. So the first four of these are all about God. God's real cool. Don't don't fuck with God. Don't, no other gods. Uh, don't worship anything else other than God. Uh, don't make anything. Don't make any uh, statues or anything. Uh, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Wow, can't talk about this guy very much, can you? And then remember the Sabbath day, the special day where you're supposed to worship him all day. So the first four commandments... It's about a or dude. About a dude, and really, Crazy. he's got to be the best dude ever, I guess. He's a very special dude. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm at a buffet, and I'm just going to take the Ten Commandments and put them on my plate however little or much I want, throw away what I don't want, yeah, and then come back another day if I feel like it. I think that thou shalt not kill should be the fucking first thing. Wouldn't that be the most logical of first commandments to help people get along if these are tenants from god to help us live better lives and and to guide us along the way i say number one should be thou shalt not kill i agree um i would i would guess that maybe those are in the in the beginning to be like oh um do all these things or maybe it's to justify killing like that's how people get away oh, with war right that's what i would think like well, because oh you know i'm at least i'm doing the beginning of the commandments i had to kill someone for religion which is like missionaries right right, is, right 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 you know well and even look at joshua at the battle of jericho and they surround it with the little horns and then all the walls fall down and then look at sodom and gomorrah every lot was all afraid and then and uh they sent the angels and they're like, get out of here. And then God's like destroying it with fire. God's like, fuck you. Just like, That's one of my favorite stories, the story a lot. It is so, it is the creepiest Bible story. And, and I don't know how we, people still get away with like teaching the Bible, not as an allegorical text of historical significance and, you know, like mythology, but as truth. And I'm like, have 
have you read the story of Lot? I mean, it's got they, the the God gives them the angels, and the people of the town are like, "Hey, we want to rape those dudes. They're hot." And then Lot's like, "Well, well, well uh, you know what? Why don't you rape my daughters instead?" And he oh sends God. his daughters out to the townspeople to keep the angel people safe. He's like, "No, no, no, no. You just rape my daughters. That's fine." And then after they leave, the God's destroying the city. Oh, they're so evil. It's terrible. <laughs> fire and brimstone and um lot's wife turns back turns into pillar stone and they run up into the caves and then the girls are so worried that there's no one left in the world because their entire world has been destroyed by god that they get their dad drunk and they fuck him in a cave oh my god to try to get pregnant to keep the jewish people going this is in the bible this is in the bible I'm going to move my chair because I feel like I'm in a Catholic church. Yeah, okay. right? It's so scary. Anyways, I I, I... I think I blocked out a lot of stories from the Bible. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. my defense mechanism. Like, I, I took, you know, like, you have a religion or theology class in Catholic school. That's one of your classes every, every year. Yeah, every year. Every year. It's like for real units and everything. Yeah. Instead of learning, like, math or science. Yeah. Maybe instead of... Oh, I don't know, you know, Darwinism and <laughs> natural yeah. selection. Instead, you take theology. <laughs> yeah. I had like one, I had one teacher in theology that I liked. I don't know if she ever said anything really controversial, but I felt like I could have gone to her and asked her anything. Oh, like that's I could have been like, I want to have sex with my boyfriend and use a condom. And she would have been like, okay. Wow. You know, and I've heard stories like that because I have a lot of friends that went to Catholic school. I have a friend that like talked to his one of the priests that he went to Catholic school with, not with, but one of the teachers about sure. him coming out. Oh, wow. And how Oof. and it was like a relationship that they had a friendship. Yeah. Which is just interesting because we yeah. think that it's just black and white. And I don't think it can be. I don't think there's. No one in the but, church is going to be like a super, it's impossible for every single person to be 100% down or 100% in it. Right. But there has to be some doubt. Well, it depends how hard you drink the Kool-Aid. Like mm -hmm. when I was little, I was like super on fire for Christ. Like super, I'd be one of those kids that would like you know, try to proselytize at the safe way, you know, because everyone's right. going to hell and I feel so sad for them. Like it was, it was, I mean, I had a really vivid imagination as a child and I really wanted uh, a cat that was life-sized that was invisible that I could talk to. And instead they were like, no, you can talk to this 33 uh, year old dude named Jesus, this zombie Jesus guy. And you're like, who died. cool. Right. I'm like, oh, I get to talk to a 33 year old. That's cool. All right, yeah. So everyone's okay with invisible friends as long as they're Jesus, Jesus, thirty or thirty-three year old uh, creepy guys hanging out with all the little children. I mean, really? Uh, so I, I looked up some of the ten most bizarre biblical tales. Uh, a lesson for those who dare mac, dare mock male pattern baldness. This is very funny because Jewish guys usually have a good have male they have baldness right oh but they or they have great hair they have right. like a great chirp thick and awesome or yeah. but then they have like you know they get the yeah. like ira like let's think of a guy let's think of a stereotypical guy named ira or just like he's probably an optometrist right 
and uh, he has he has very little hair left. Uh, this is from Fourth King uh, Fourth Kings. 23 and 24 one of the more inspirational passages in the bible tells the story of elijah a wise man yet one cursed with male pattern baldness one day he was minding his own business making a long walk to bethel when he was attacked by a roving band of children who tease him and call him names like bald head but elijah was having none of this and he turns around and curses them in the name of the lord and instantly, two female bears emerge from a nearby wood and maul all 42 children to oh, death. God. The moral of the story, don't make fun of bald people. <laughs> Frankly, why is this isn't included along with the Ten Commandments is anyone's guess. But I think it would serve as an excellent lesson for children who think baldness is something to be made fun of. That's in the Bible. Yeah. Children... And you say, you know, Jesus loves all the little children, but God of the Old Testament don't give a shit. Yeah. He kills all kinds of people. Yeah. Like, I don't think every person in Sodom and Gomorrah was probably filled with sin. Right. And yet both cities are completely destroyed. What about someone who was just doing a little bit of petty thievery? And yeah. they're somehow... At Bath and Body Works. At Bath and Body Works <laughs> in Sodom and Gomorrah. And and suddenly you get you get part of the fire and brimstone really like God's really all or nothing like that he's like well but even if he's all or nothing th- 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 those kids didn't do anything except make fun of and forty two children like there was probably one ringleader and then they were all like Mammy Mammy you're so bald and how does how do two bears eat forty two children that's a lot that's a lot yeah. oh no it doesn't say well they eat just mauled mauled, mauled mauled them to death yeah wow. well you would think that. And is, is that a specific number, 42? It's the yeah. answer to life and everything. That is really specific. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, uh, the, the, Bible is, the Bible is crazy. Well, the more you read it, well, the more it's read, you're like, oh, this is all dudes. <laughs> this is all dudes that want to control you. Right. Like, essentially. Yeah. And then, but then what? Why do we have this intense desire to control women? Is it that we're so scary because we have babies? Like, is it, what is the, I just. I think it's fear. I think it's just, it just boils down to fear. And like, um, I'm not a historian at all, but like the woman's probably the most disrespected person on earth. Sure. The most. Right. Um, that's without like any doubt how do we let that happen is it truly just because they can beat us in arm wrestling like is it is that what it really comes down to is that because men are i think biologically stronger no i don't think men are i don't think men are biologically stronger but no they have bigger muscles they have a capacity some do some do but in their in their like if you take a woman and you take a man in all of their capacities no matter how hard they work out both of them the man always can has i mean biologically there's different hormones and shit that make them men and they're just i mean i'd like to pretend that i'm bigger and stronger but i could be overpowered by my boyfriend even though we're yeah. probably similar in he's like maybe an inch taller than me but he could easily overpower me cuz he could pick me up and throw me over his shoulder like i i can't do that to him yeah I'm pretty strong, so there's. I think I can definitely beat a few men up, which right. is probably why I stay single so often sometimes. <laughs> but I can definitely beat a few guys up, and I can think of quite a, quite a bit of women that 
are definitely stronger than dudes. Huh. Maybe like through history, biologically, they don't procreate. But I can think of a few women that do. And Well, there's the lady on Game of Thrones. She's pretty badass. Yeah. And there's been a lot lots Brianna of Toth. She's very tall. In yeah. real life, too. She's a very tall, beautiful woman. Yeah. There's tons of them. Tons, yeah. tons and tons of women. I think sometimes why guys have gotten away with it um, in history is because a girl wants to feel loved. And so maybe oh, she'll... Like, sacrifice anything sacrifice to have Sacrifice anything, right, right, including right. her female friends. Sure. Or, you know, having... Um, Black eyes never fun. This one is uh, Judges 19, 22 through 30. This is an interesting one about women. Within the Bible, one occasionally finds stories so horrible, one can wonder what their purpose is. Not only is this story utterly bizarre, but it's also absolutely disgusting. A man and his concubine are wandering the streets when they decide to seek shelter for the night and find a man kind enough to let them stay. That night, however, a group of men turn up at the door and demand to see the guest so they may have sex with him. The owner is unwilling to let his male lodger be raped and so offers up his virgin daughter instead. However, this is not good enough for the men, so the owner offers them his guest's concubine and the men accept. The men brutally rape the woman and leave her on the doorstep where she bleeds to death. If that's not enough, where she is found by her husband, he chops her up into 12 pieces, which he sends to each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Disgusting. Moral of this story? Can we figure... I mean, why? There's literally, there's literally no moral. It's it's just all about uh, women are worthless. And... Uh, Ugh. It, so it how is that... What is the purpose of the story? It's just so crazy to me because... We're dealing... How have we not, like, how have not feminists risen up against the Christianity and been like, can we change a little bit of this book? Like, I mean, but this is all part of, that's part of the Torah too. I mean, the Old Testament is the same as the Torah, which is, you know, the the Judeo-Christian beginnings are are similar. And even um, Islam is sort of a takeoff of, they also believe that they're all the monotheistic religions. So... There's, yeah, well, that's why, like, the indigenous, well, there's a bunch of different, very, like, there's different religions or beliefs within indigenous cultures. Um, Not to be a vulture, but I love the idea of, not I love the idea, I believe in Mother Nature more than anything. Sure. Having, like, that feminine energy and believing, like, I used to say, when when I started in my 20s going towards like quote-unquote spirituality however you want to take it sure like new agey stuff new agey stuff crystals Um, you know making my own little my own little religion in my mind sweet was i i kept thinking of like god lowercase or higher whatever uppercase i kept thinking of god as transgender for some reason cool um or hermaphroditic or maybe having both parts of men and women like a now i would maybe say gender fluid gender fluid god is gender fluid that'd make a good t-shirt yeah and i believe that that's something i do believe yeah um this stuff that we just read like that stuff being in the bible is like totally fucked and bullshit yeah and i think it just goes into 
like the society of like being male dominated and like you have to be submissive in order to be liked. Right, 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 you, right. You get more in life if you're more quiet, your hair straight, your clothes is not too revealing, but just revealing enough. Sure. Because um, you're an object to be looked upon, seen and not heard. Exactly. You're a, you're just an object. Yeah. And it just, that's the thing about religion. It just ties into like what you wear. Like the hair thing that we were talking about earlier, I started thinking, you know, like... Um, Rastafarians, how they have their dreadlocks. Um, all of yeah. there's like different things involved. Expression. Well, and the Hasidic Jews, women right. uh, have to shave their heads and wear wigs. Exactly. They're not allowed to have their own hair or their own hair stuff. It's I something about the wigs. It's so weird to me. I think they can keep their hair. They still they, have to wear a wig, or they, they have, have to, to cover their heads. They have to cover their head with a wig. Um, so. I have a friend and he would cheat on his wife quite a bit and huh. he's Orthodox Jewish. Huh. And one day we were hanging out together. His him and his wife have now divorced and they're much happier. Good for them. Um and we were hanging out and we were at a Starbucks and he's like that those two people, like they're cheating on their significant others. I'm like, What are you talking about? So it's this woman and she's wearing a wig and she's fully covered because when you're I think when you're Orthodox or Hasida, um, you cover your your elbows huh. below your, anything has to be below your knee right 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 um, you have to wear a skirt you're not allowed to wear pants exactly. but it has to be skirts below the knee exactly yeah. your you know your hair is covered and so what happened was that he's like that's what he the image that was happening was that she took off her wig at this Starbucks <gasps> and showed the guy her hair oh. which is like she's cheating on her husband oh which was like so bizarre to me yeah because i'm like okay i i didn't understand what was the big significance with taking off the wig well it's the same thing with um in islam uh when they wear the burqas and the at home in front of their husband they can wear whatever they want right but in public no one can even see their ankles i mean it, it, it's it's that and it's so funny because I, I met a rabbi and he wouldn't shake my hand and I was like really this this is fem they, they get around it they get around the feminism by saying that women are so powerful right. that they might not be able to control themselves if they touch a woman because her power over men are so weak and women are so strong and so beautiful and amazing that they cannot touch a woman who is not their wife because they don't know what would happen. It's this weird sort of backwards. I get it. Feminism. I thing. say, figure it out, buddy. Figure it out, buddy. Yeah, keep your <laughs> dick in your drawers. It's yeah. okay. Like I don't care if you're a rabbi or not. Just figure it out. Eat a cookie. Eat a cookie. Eat some cake. Yeah. I don't know. Just figure don't it out. Don't know what to tell you, buddy. But, but you can't shake hands with a woman. Oh my god. Yeah. People do incredible rituals. So, what were some of the rituals in your own religion that you believe in with your trans, your gender fluid God? For me, it's started with meditation doing meditation on my own not necessarily with someone um i'm being a really basic bitch right now but yoga cool no good for you yeah i started yoga when i was 18 and i was in college and in college i was like deeply into my eating disorder deeply into my alcoholism and my drug use drug use meaning pot which is like sure, light drugs drug. right um it's legal, really it's legal, it's legal it's next like, year. Like, yeah, but no, but it is, I mean, alcohol is a drug technically too, so. Right. And I started going to yoga and it was like, I realized we hold a lot in our physical bodies, which I think yeah. a lot of traditional 
traditional old school religions don't have that body release sure you know like but catholics you do a lot of physical stuff you kneel you stand you kneel you stand we do painful physical stuff where we sit you sit we sit on wooden benches right we kneel yeah and then we sit again and then we stand right um and then yeah so it's it's not enjoyable right as opposed to like using your body and and breathing through your body and feeling all of your feeling yourself in space yeah. You know, that's that feels good. So meditation, yoga. And I'm a church visitor. A visitor. I, of churches. Uh, all so, different kinds? That's cool. Yeah, if someone's like, Lynette, do you want to go to church? Oh, I'll go. Oh, wow. I, I love it. Wow. I don't go all the time. But Have it, you heard about that new thing? They, um, they're they not a church, but they're a gathering, and they, they don't they don't have they don't believe they don't talk about god it's sunday assembly is what it's called oh, okay and they have a speaker but they mostly talk about like their own life and how it's been changed in some way it's almost like a, a ted like recovery. talk kind of except that they sing pop songs oh, like okay. madonna songs instead of hymns they sing like like a virgin everyone sings together and usually they have a live band oh, it wow. started in england and now it's everywhere and it's called sunday assembly but it's like it's all, they say it's all the fun parts of church. Okay. It's like the singing and the togetherness and the, the feeling better about yourself when you leave. That kind of, which was what I think church is meant to be. But when I was little, every time I went to church, I just felt like I was a terrible person. Right. Like I was never going to be good enough. Right. I'll never be good enough. Which is, I had an eating disorder too. And I think that my Christianity played into my eating disorder because I was never good enough. I was never perfect enough. I was never, I was never smart enough. I was never thin enough. I was never, you know, rich enough. Right. Like it just, it was never enough because God is so perfect. And when we'd go to this, we were in a rich town and we went to a rich church and you'd see all the families and they were all dressed in matching clothes. And for Christmas, we always opened certain presents the night before church because it was all of our matching outfits. Oh. It was hundreds of dollars of clothing at Nordstrom so that we could all look perfect at, you know, the midnight mass as yeah. a family with the little matching outfits. Yeah. Status symbols. I think I rebelled because my mom was rebelling at the same time. Right. And I, I think her main reason for me to be in Catholic church was Catholic school was just because she thought I'd be in a safer environment than in public school. <laughs> sure. Even though my senior year, I ended up going to a public school. Okay. Yeah. And I don't think my mom ever pretended to have, pretended to want, if anything, she isolated. Mm. She called it, I don't want to mess with those people, but I think it was like part isolation. Sure. Part shame. But, but this was in, so this was in, but this was in a Haitian part of town. That's where I went to high school. High school, okay. But I went, I lived in a mainly Cuban neighborhood, and okay. my family's Cuban. Miami's cool. fairly Cuban. You have, who makes the best Cubano? Where? I don't know, in your family? That's what I'm asking. Oh, oh, oh. Like in, I thought in you the, were asking SF. I'm like, No, no. <laughs> I mean, where? In SF, I'm like, nowhere that I know of. Oh, okay. Um, in my family, no. Th- we never made Cuban sandwiches at home. Oh, okay. You, made, you always went out for them. Yeah, you go out for of them. Of course you do, because they make the pork and the ham and yeah, the stuff. Yeah, yeah. You never... Why would you do that yourself? Yeah, you wouldn't. Right. You would make other dishes, like picadillo or ropa vieja, rice and beans. Ah, oh, ropa vieja. Yeah. Right. That's but, the one that falls apart like little pieces exactly. of rope. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what about mafungo? 
Mofongo's Puerto Rican. It's but Mofongo's Puerto delicious. Yeah. But they're they're close to each other, right? Puerto yeah. Rico and Cuba are relatively yeah, yeah, yeah. close. You both deal with plantains. What do you, we do. We what do, do you do with plantains? That's similar to mofongo. It's called fufu. Oh, fufu. Yeah. And that's which I think Dominicans do something similar too. Okay. It's like mashed up the mashed up plantains with um, some kind of meat. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Right on, Cubans. Yeah. Are Cubans usually Catholic? Yes. But what about the... Com- how did the communism... Do you still have family in Cuba? Not that I Everybody know came directly. Over. Everybody pretty much came over. I came from a Cuban family that was like very Republican. My Ooh. mom... My mom isn't. My mom... Like my mom's kind of like the black sheep and my sister and I are kind of like the black sheep of the family. Like we're not married. Right, right, right. The whole thing. Not married. Yeah. But no, mostly Catholic. Um, with communism, there's no religion. Right. So in Cuba, I don't think you can practice. Re- I mean, they I still like must. I feel people do, but I think technically there's no religion. There, yeah, there's no like state-sanctioned religion. Exactly. I don't think so. Huh. From what I know, it's weird. I'm Cuban, but I've never been to Cuba. You've never been. Well, but how could you? We had an embargo on them exactly. forever, and now we can fly to Cuba now, right? I yeah. mean, Virgin America, I believe, flies to Cuba. Yeah, now you can. God, I've always wanted to go to Cuba. Yeah, I definitely want to go. Yeah. I definitely, definitely want to I go. Wanted to, well, I mean, now's not the time. Obviously, Puerto Rico's been kind of devastated, but I've always wanted to go to Puerto Rico, to Haiti, and that obviously had been devastated in the past as well. Right. And um, I've been fascinated ever since, what was that movie about voodoo in the 80s? And it was... Uh, and they went to Haiti. I'm trying to remember what it was. And I can't remember. And it's terrible. I think that's going to terrib- be the for the internet. Right. I'm a, I'm, I'm a terrible host <laughs> uh, um, right now. No, but the I think the one thing that I picked up secretly in relig- religion-wise was Santeria. <gasps> I was just going to ask about that yeah. because of Haiti. Because of the, so did, have you ever killed a chicken? I have not that. I mean, I've eaten so much chicken. Right, I've right, right, killed right, right, a right. lot of chickens. Children, absolutely. Um, but you haven't like actually... I haven't. Killed a chicken. I haven't. Okay. But that was something that was really hidden in my family. <gasps> like, no one really talked about it. But my grandfather would always, and he's still alive, and he wears these black and white beads. Uh-huh. And I asked a friend of mine that's a babala, which is a priest, uh-huh. like a santeria priest. And I'm like, hey, my, my grandfather has this. And he's like, oh, that means that he's this rank, or <gasps> that means that he is... Because I was... It's to, not that far off. Catholicism has a Hail Mary full of grace. Blessed art thou among yeah. women with the rosary beads. and the, It's it's not that far off. It's a mix. So Santeria is a mix of the slaves in Cuba. Uh, the quote unquote, I'm being really simplistic, but like the voodoo practices from Africa and then the Catholic Church. Wow. Mixed in together in a big pot. Sure. And then there's a bunch of different... Um, there's a bunch of different practices and things that you do that I wish I knew more of. That's right. something that I feel connected to because that's something I believe in for sure is like different energies. Sure. And I think that some people are like more connected than others. Ah, uh, to know? the spirit world or the... Yeah. yeah, and I trust vibes. Sure, 100%. sure. 100%. Absolutely. Well, you know if you walk into a place, you don't need to be psychic to walk into a place and be like, the vibes here aren't I probably shouldn't be here you know if you if right. your sense of awareness I mean doesn't necessarily mean magic but it can be right. it can feel like magic to be able to 
feel a place and be like, hey, this is a happy space or this is a negative. And everyone has those feelings, whether they, I don't think that we recognize that too much in our culture. Right. Awareness. I, I think that's like, with Christianity and Catholicism, it's like, that's a disconnect. It's like, you shouldn't right. trust it's never said, but it's like, don't trust your intuition. Sure. You know? Absolutely. It's trust like, in the word. Don't trust, don't trust the exactly. way you, and whenever you question faith, they always say, it always gets back down to it. That's what it is. It's faith. Yeah, I gotta believe. It's like, but wait, what if I, you have to believe it's faith. Jesus is the, I'm like, but was Jesus really real? Well, believe, you have to believe. It's part of faith. And I'm like, ah, that's what you guys always say. Yeah. There was a book by C.S. Lewis called Mere Christianity and my ex-husband was very, very um, agnostic to the point of atheism, although he would have called science his God because okay. he was a doctor. Uh, and he wanted, my brother is really, 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 really still to this day very Christian. And they were at, you know, Christmas or it was Thanksgiving or something. And, and they said, my, my brother said to my ex-husband, you should read this book, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. It'll change your life. And he's like, how about you read, you know, Descartes' um, theories on uh, things which can be doubted, you know? Mm-hmm. And so my brother never read the Descartes, but both my ex-husband Keith and I read, read the Mere Christianity. And every time he gets to a place where it's <laughs> heady or something could be explained, the crux of it in every chapter is, and we take it on faith. And I'm like, uh, the whole dissertation, or the whole thing of Descartes is like concerning things that can be doubted. And you're saying it's all based on faith, which can be easily doubted because it's right. right. It's just crazy to me. It's crazy yeah. to me. I think, yeah, I mean, the whole thing about faith for me is that I kind of have to doubt it. Mm. I kind of have to doubt it because... I'll eventually get to... I had someone describe literally yesterday that the happiest place to be is when you when nothing makes you happy. No material thing makes you happy. Oh. And I was like, where is she going with this? And she said... I feel like people are my religion the more I describe this. Um, she said, you, you... Like, the car doesn't make you happy. The house doesn't make you happy. The job doesn't make you happy. The husband, girlfriend, whatever, boyfriend doesn't make you happy. Um, shopping stops making you happy. I'm listing things. And then you're just sitting there with money, a house, and nothing's making you happy. And she said, that's a beautiful place to be. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And then I realized it's like, yeah, because at that point, that's when you have to find something bigger than you as a person. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. Like finding like that for me it's the energy. Like it's an energy, it's the wind, it's the air, whatever. I call it huh. like the energy of the universe. Like that's when you that's when it clicks. Cause it's like this thing like the universe is gonna keep flowing. To me I feel so connected to the ocean. Like when I go to the ocean like and I see the water especially if I'm in Miami and it's like warm and I smell the ocean there a lot more than I do here. That's when I'm like, I don't, I'm not doing this. Like, this is not me. I'm not making this ocean happen. Right, right, right. Like, yes, exactly. And there's, there's something much larger and there's a lot of ocean. There's a lot of water and it's being controlled by crap. I mean, we try to put man-made science terms on it. We're like, look, there's grab. We're spinning at this thing and this is what's happening with the moons and the flows and the tides. But do we really, 
do we really know like how wave mechanic like we don't know what's yeah. truly what makes gravity happen what makes things yeah. spin on their axes and be in this big it, it, it blows my mind sometimes when I try to think about going to space or being in space and not breathing or being underwater and having like a a breathe pack what's it called when you scuba dive and oh I, the the ocean the I ocean. feel like the space the oxygen mask right scuba diving and being in space are kind of like the same and that blows my mind that like we've figured out these man-made ways to explore stuff that we're probably not supposed to be out there right like right. <laughs> but we figured out a way because we're challenging the universe yeah. or God or whatever name you like to put yeah. on it. It's like I say God. God, it's fine with me too. Yeah, I say sure. God. I say universe. Yeah, I said baby Jesus for many years. Baby, yeah, sweet baby Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, yeah. it's a good one. It's a good one because you're like, oh, cool. It's a little baby that's powerful. On brand. On brand. Yeah, Great and Jesus. and innocent. Uh, that's the thing is that you've got that innocent thing in there. Babies, babies don't have the capacity to be mean. They just need their needs met. It's true. Yeah, babies are cool. I mean, not my baby. I'm never having a baby. <laughs> are you ever? Do you do you ever see yourself in a? You said you weren't in a relationship. Are you like? Is that something that you that you seek and that you are you looking to have kids someday or are you kind of like? Ah. I'm 32, so I don't know. Well, you have plenty means. of time. You have plenty okay. of time. Plenty of time. I don't know if I can. Yeah. So much time. I, I'm down, but I'm also like down if it doesn't happen. Gotcha. Which people are like, you should make a decision, and I'm like, mm, so not really. So don't have to. It's really it's early. It's early. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I fun. was in a relationship in the beginning of the year and then that sadly ended. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. In a blaze of glory. But that's fine. Yeah. The, I mean. Those happen. San Francisco a beautiful place. Uh, we're going to wrap up really pretty quickly. How long have you lived in the city? Here because you were here, from Miami. I'm pretty new. So I'm actually eight months here. Oh, that's not But I moved from Chicago. I lived there for Chicago. four years. Chicago. So I have the little Miami, Chicago, San Francisco. Rad. And did you come out here for work? I did. Okay. I come out, not tech. Good. Surprise. Good for you. Surprise. What are you, a nurse? No, not even. I work I in a hotel. Think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Super random. Yeah. It happened. No. I'm here. You're a comedian too. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. I started doing comedy when I was in Chicago. Why not? Well, were you doing comedy or were you doing improv? I was doing stand up, um, storytelling, poetry. The storytelling. Again, I can't commit to one thing. I don't want one religion. Right. I want to hop around and then improv too. Yeah. Yeah, you were on the improv train too. I was. That's. uh, People who do improv well impress the shit out of me. I love improv. Yeah. Yeah, we do improv here. Um, I do two shows that are themed. One of them's called Hell Hat, which is that fuzzy hat over there and that bag. And I have people write things in on the internet and then I put them in the Hell Hat and then that was last week's show. It's the third Friday of every month. Comedians pull out of the hat and they have to... They can tailor their own material to what's in the hat, but usually people just go off the hat. And the one that I'm doing this week, this Friday, is uh, called Hell in a Handbasket. Okay. Where I take those handbaskets up there Uh and it's like chopped... Except I put premises. So like you, everyone opens up the first basket and there's four things in there and then they have to do a four minute set, but they can't listen to each other. And it'll be things like an umbrella, a Sharpie, drugs or whatever, you know, yeah. they have to, they have to make a four minute set. They come in and then the audience chops one. Then they open up their second basket. There's five things. 
and then the audience chops one and then there's two comedians and they pull 10 things out of the basket Ooh. and so that's so that's but that's as far improv as we get is okay. that like there are suggestions in a hat yeah I mean, they could be anything like so the, the hell hat is just ridiculous it's set it says something sometimes one of my favorite ones is um take someone's phone from the audience and call their parents and leave a message oh that's awesome yeah that's fun but it's just shit like that I like so, it. Yeah, well, you have to come by here for comedy. I sure am. Yeah, I actually, and I'm hosting Brainwash tonight, so you should come by Brainwash. Ooh. You, what, yeah, you, um, does our hospitality schedule allow you to go out and do as many mics as you want? Um, yeah, because I work until 5 p.m. Oh, perfect. You're yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well, uh, come out tonight to Brainwash. Uh, what else do you want to leave our uh, listening audience with? Any other wrapping up stuff from Lin- Lynette so-and-so? From like God or like... Yeah, whatever you want. Whatever. Um, you plug some shows you're doing, whatever, whatever makes you happy. Oh, I don't think I have anything to plug right now. I will soon enough. Sweet. Um, I guess I can leave my Instagram handle because that's hey, always good. Yeah. Because I'm a social media junkie. And it's at Traveling Chonga, which is C-H-O-N-G-A. Um, and then I guess about God, like make your own, uh, like DIY it. Yeah. Even, well, even if you're in a church and you belong to something religious, like really strict, like you can DIY it yourself in your heart. Like I think so. Right. Create your own rituals and create your, create own, your rituals. own, your own meaning surrounding something that's important to you Yeah. and, and seek the support from the higher power that you need. Exactly. Like, if you need more support, like, I get it. Sometimes people are all AA and they need, like, yeah. they really need the power of God to yeah. be able to have them not drink. I sure. get it. I get it. Uh, that That's not me. But not me either. if it's them, cool. Yeah. And if I, you know, it's the same thing with um, you know, people with eating disorders. They With the all that stuff. If you need a 12-step program and you have to believe in the existence of a higher power to be, have, be the healthiest you possible, great. But if you don't, if you can... You know, light some candles, get some crystals together. Yep. Pray to baby Jeebus. Exactly. Make up some of your own rituals. I don't know. Make, yeah. make a baked potato and bew all the negative energy into it and throw it into your neighbor's backyard. I I'm don't know. steal that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing, nothing can grow from a baked potato anyways, but you know, put all your negative juju into it, throw it. Someone's dog's going to eat it. Hopefully you won't poison the dog with your own bad juju, but who knows? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I'm into it. Thank you so much, Lynette. Thank you. For being here. Uh, This has been the first hour of Some Call Me Tim. Uh, We're going to be back in hour two with uh, You Put Your Weed in There. And uh, I think that today we're actually supposed to talk to the organizer of the JFK um, Film Festival, which is coming up at the Victoria Theater on November 11th. How did I remember all that? That's I don't know. That magical. was amazing. Thank you. It was like God. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I was. I was blessed with um, a photographic memory, which was awesome when I was in Christian school as a child because we had to memorize so much of the Bible. We had to memorize the entire Beatitudes when I was in sixth grade. Oh wow! And stand up in front of the class and recite the Beatitudes. Um, not even just you know, God is patient. God is kind. Or no, that's that's First Corinthians thirteen one through thirteen. Dang. And that we had to memorize in third grade. I remember that very much. So thank you again, Lynette. We're gonna come up uh, on hour two here of some call me Tim as Tom just arrived, and we'll be back. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks. Swimming through a sea of podcasts, 
Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard, as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Welcome to Hour 2 of Some Call Me Tim. I am excited to be joined by Tom Nevins of the JFK Film Festival happening very soon on Saturday, November 11th. It's coming up. It's coming up. Uh, and you can, we're going to talk to him right now for about an hour about all things cool. Maybe we're going to do some time travel. Maybe we're going to talk about some JFK, Grassy Knoll kind of stuff. Uh, I know that a couple of years ago you said that Jason Dove, uh, he used to have a show here called The Rock and Roll Coup d'etat with Eddie Winters. Uh, he was one of the presenters at, the, at one of the film festivals. This is yeah. the third annual. Is it the third annual? Uh, How well, many annual things have the, these been, the JFK the, Film this Festival? This is the second time. It's not annual. Oh, okay. It's not annual. Yeah. Um, so Jason Dove did it last time, and uh, it was a big success. It was at the Roxy. Oh, at the Roxy. Right on. This time it's at the Victoria. The Victoria Just Theater, down yeah. the street on 16th Street at 16th, uh, in between Mission and Shotwell. Not Shotwell. Uh, Cap. Cap. Mission yeah. and Cap. Yeah. Everyone knows Victoria Theater. It's great. It's great theater. Yeah. It's a great, great theater. Um, yeah, we're excited to be doing the show there. It's you know about 500 seats. So um. and it's a film festival. So are these short films that are about JFK, or are they about are they about his history? Are they about the 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 murder, or it, it the assassination? Is, it is all pertaining to the assassination, and actually that's very relevant right now because uh, about 25 years ago, Congress uh, said in 25 years we will release the classified documents. <gasps> 
And, and uh, they released them? Unless they're being blocked by Trump. But Trump says, uh, pending further review, he'll be releasing them tomorrow on, on the 26th of October. Wow, so. that's going to be tomorrow. <gasps> yep. This is very exciting. Because, we I mean, a lot of people think it was a CIA plot. There were more than one shooter. There was, But the thing is that they released the 9-11 files, and we know that that was all a sham. So what do we, do we really think that their top secret things are going to, I mean, there'll be things redacted probably, right? They'll be I, like I little squared so. out. I would assume so, um, but uh, at very least, because it's ultimately it's up to the president. Congress did make the vote from 25 years ago, wow. and for some reason they decided they had to wait 25 years. Um, so everybody who would, who cared would be dead. <laughs> well, my theory is is that uh, maybe there was time travel involved, and they had to confirm that uh, something in the future happens. I don't know. Oh, wow. Well, did you read Stephen King's amazing book, 11 It's about time travel and JFK. Oh, I, I, I did not. You haven't read it? Oh, my God. It's so good. So Stephen King wrote a book a couple years back. Uh, I think it was in 2011, actually. And it is phenomenal. And it's called 11 It's about a guy who time travels uh, using the using the methodology of the tower kind of he thinks about that uh the the other the the dark tower series anyways he time travels through this weird to this one spot and he starts figuring out like it's before this moment he's like i'm gonna stop the assassination of jfk and it's about him figuring it out and following this guy and all the stuff it is Amazing! I'll have to check that out. Yeah, you got Anybody who knows Stephen King would know, I, I think. Yeah. So. What that he would know because he was he was that was a seminal time I'm sure in his youth because he was, I mean he's I think what was he born in I, 46 I, I or something? The, I get the impression that Stephen King writes more than just fiction. Right. He knows he knows the all about the the truth of the universe. Uh, so is it one film? It's multiple films. It's uh, do so, people submit their films well, and then you choose them or uh, we, we, I, I along with Paul Kangas, the main uh, featured speaker curated them and um, he actually uh, was in a documentary that won best documentary in Japan when it came out cool uh, regarding the JFK assassination he's he's an expert um, investigator from uh, right when it happened he was in the military at the time wow and uh he has a um, youtube channel with uh, actually we could maybe play a clip uh sure um or you could go on inventionstore.tv where the tickets are and, and watch the clips there too or on paul's youtube channel uh inventions inventionstore.org TV. Dot TV. That's an interesting dot. We're dot FM. There's a dot TV. Uh, Grace, you guys can get tickets there at Interventions Intervention Store. Invention. Invention. In- invention Not store. intervention. <laughs> Sorry, I I'm love an intervention. I'm invention consultant. That's why you're uh, an invention consultant. Yeah. Wow, that is a how does that? So, what have you invented? Um. Well, I. I have uh, my own inventions, but primarily I work with other inventors oh, okay. and I help them. Yeah. Artists, musicians, uh, really anything, uh, just making ideas uh, come to life. I had an idea when I was in eighth grade and it was going to make me a million dollars and it actually exists now because I couldn't figure out 
how to do it. But I was, I've always nannied. I'd always been around children and I thought it would be, and I was sick of taking off kids' pants and having to check in their diaper to see if they'd peed or pooed. But I was like, there's got to be a thing that when they wet themselves, we can see it from the outside. And now they have it. Now they have like these little huh. bears or whatever. And when they pee, the bears turn a different color on oh, them. Oh, that's so cute. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was a thing where I was little. I was like, why don't they have like a little tag that hangs out of the diapers? And we know when they've gone. It can't be that difficult. There's got to be a color. There's got to be a pH sensor. I mean, it's pee. Right. Like there's no way to do a litmus you can't have like litmus paper. It seemed pretty easy to me. And um, no one ever took me seriously. And now like it exists. <laughs> so well. who are we? This is uh, Antonius Hancock oh. Dunker. We have I, this, yeah, some of your things. Others, some other videos. If you actually click on the, the first one, it goes to the page that uh, Paul's video is on there. So just click on the picture. Pick, click on the picture. Right. Yeah. And then, oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha you can gotcha. play Paul, Paul's video. It explains a little bit. Sweet, do you want to do that now, or do you want to talk about some other things? Um, at some point we can do okay. it. Yeah. At some point we'll do it. We won't. We don't have to do it now. So you guys have curated how many how many films will people see if they come to this amazing event so on the eleventh? Very, very excited. Uh, be, beyond uh, Paul's documentary, uh, we've um, got it all worked out. We're going to get the sixteen millimeter print of uh, Bruce Connor's report, which huh. is uh, a, a you know amazing film. Um, it was voted uh, like the one of the thousand best films to uh, short films to watch uh, of all time. Cool. So uh, that's that's a big deal. Um, and so how long? Interesting. How long can people? This it's only the tickets are only ten dollars, which is an amazing deal. And how many like hours of awesome programming are? So there's your... two there's two shows. The first one starts at three, and then the second one starts at six. And and so it's about two hours. Two, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Wow, you're going to do them back to back like that. Just boom, boom. Right. Wow. Well, I guess it's not that much speaking because you're watching some films too. Yeah, there's probably about, uh, you know, an hour and hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes of of film and uh, about another like 45 minutes or so of speaking. Cool. Uh, There's a a panel of special guests. that will kind of have a discussion format for, you know, a little bit of a participative feeling. Sweet. Um, and everyone's, um, I mean, it's so interesting. I, until I met Jason Devon, I know that he's uh, a huge JFK buff. I didn't realize that so many people, that there are so many conspiracies, that there are so, and then, you know, recently they, they re-released, um, there was a game they came out with where like you get to be the shooter and you can like try to shoot from a different place and it's all like the the anyways I've I've looked at some of the research only because I got into 9/11 around 9/11 and everyone likes to glump all the conspiracy theories together they're like oh are you looking into 9/11 well you should look into the flat earth theory and while you're over there the moon landing was a hoax and while you're doing that look JFK was assassinated by 12 people like so it's they try to like glump in some ridiculous conspiracy theories with right. like real theories about what might have gone down and well isn't the term conspiracy theory probably created because of the JFK assassination um, I thought it was Mel Gibson, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, actually, I don't know what's the first conspiracy theory. Um, it must have been back in medieval times, at least I would say. Sure. But the the one we all think of is, I mean, the biggest one, probably JFK number one, and then 
um, like some Freemason stuff. Maybe. Some Freemason stuff. Well, I'm what do sure. you what do you believe about what happened with JFK? Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm still, uh, I would say, an impartial observer. Uh, as the I'm I'm the MC of this show, so. I'm here to kind of see all viewpoints along with the audience and just, uh, you know, form my own conclusion at the end. Sure. Um, but I, you know, I can't tell you too much, uh, but I'd like, to tell, I'd like to talk a little bit about, um, this is another important day for me, uh-huh. it, because two years ago to the day, I don't know if you remember Back to the Future Day, um, I know the movie Back it, to the Future. It was uh, in 2015, the day they went to the future. Oh, October 25th, 2015. Oh, is that what was in Back to the Future? That's when they went? No, when that's Biff when had the went. book. <gasps> that's so funny. So I, uh, two years ago, I had a party. I called it the Blast from the Past Halloween party. And uh, we did uh, you know, two shows that day at the Shelton Theater. And uh, I... Um, demonstrated cognitive time travel and so what's interesting is is I went to the future on that day amongst other interesting things there was some audience participation you can watch the show um, in reruns but uh, when you say cognitive time travel do you mean like that movie that Christopher Reeves was in where he dressed himself up in the 1908 period stuff and was in a hotel that was around in 1908 and he I, had the money that was from 1908 and then he, he traveled back in his mind to there because he'd created all of the circumstances but then what brought him back to the future back was that he pulled out an actual penny from the 70s and he was like and he was back that's in how the- it works I didn't know about that movie but yeah that's basically how, exactly how it works uh, cognitive time travel can actually be, uh, there's plenty of research. Actually, if, ironically, if you go to cdc.gov and uh, research cognitive time travel, there's many studies on it. Uh, cdc.gov? What is? Yeah, the Center for Disease Control. They've done studies on cognitive yeah, time and, travel? Uh, it, it's, it's shown that any almost any intelligent animal can, can do cognitive time travel. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, it's something that, you know, we don't really talk about in uh, mainstream But society. you can go forward in time? Like, I understand going back in time. But forward? Because how can we know what... Like, I sort of... I understand traveling back because we've already been there and it's already happened. That makes right. sense to me. But traveling forward, we don't know what it is. So how can we know what it... How to perceive it? Well, there's um, a rule of time dilation. This is like quantum theory or not quantum theory it's actually einstein's uh relativity theory but uh if you travel approaching the speed of light the faster you go the quicker you move through time so that's kind of a way of going into the future because you'll you'll get there right because of the speed of light no i get it so like if we shot people out in space and we sent them at light speed when they came back to earth it might have only seemed like a year to them but it would be 30 years to everyone else because they were traveling at the speed of light so my theory is is our you know our brain impulses are actually at the speed of light because we have you know circuits in our brain essentially so i think that you know you can just use your mind right um, and then, so I have little tokens and little um, 
key things to help stimulate the minds to I brought my uh, music box. That's one of the uh, components of the cognitive time machine. Sweet. And we used it uh, two years ago, and uh, we can do a little demonstration. That, yeah, awesome. Um, I actually brought some free tickets for cool. the yeah. show, too, so we can use that. Usually, Call say, in now, 415-550-0511, and we'll hook you up with some tickets. Uh, but I will be giving them away this Friday at Pantastic's Comedy Clubhouse, 8 o'clock show. It's hell in a handbasket, so come for that. And uh, win some free tickets to this uh, JFK uh, coup d'etat. What are you calling it? Coup d'etat in America. Coup d'etat in America, because the truth will finally come out. Right. If if we discover the truth and it it actually comes out, does that it does it make us a free freer Americans because we we're not letting our government lie to us? Is it like how many cover ups exist? Well, it, I mean, are we do we think it was a cover up? I, I mean, think, obvious. I, I think, uh, well, even if you watch Oliver Stone's movie, I mean, that's what uh, Kevin Costner would lead you to believe. Ha, ha, ha. Kevin Costner, the worst actor of our time. Uh, sweet. So uh, should we, <laughs> do you want to do some cognitive time travel or should we listen to... Uh, let's, listen to Paul, let's listen to Paul first. Uh, to Paul. Maybe just play a couple minutes from, from the beginning. You guys are listening to Some Call Me Tim. I'm interviewing Thomas Devlin's. Nevin. Nevin. I tried. Nevin. Thomas Nevin. Good friends with Devlin, though. He's a nice guy. Uh, And we're going to listen to some stuff. We'll be right back here on Mutiny Radio. Oh, YouTubers. After Chernobyl, I dedicated myself to trying understanding what can be done to prevent global warming. After Fukushima, I swore I would not become, uh, continue to discuss the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King, Robert Kennedy, and President John Kennedy. But now, here it is, 50 years after the Kennedy assassination, and 33 months after the meltdown at Fukushima, I'm drawn back into the Kennedy assassination discussion simply because um, so many people have been approaching me and asking me to, to work on discussing this topic because my unique experience and point of view um, allows me a better understanding the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King, Robert Kennedy, and John Kennedy. So, um, here is my preliminary investigation into uh, what happened after Kennedy was assassinated. Shortly after President John Kennedy was assassinated, Robert Kennedy began a investigation into who killed the president. After all, Robert Kennedy was the Attorney General of the United States, and he was in a position to actually begin an investigation, and he did. And uh, he wrote a report, a 333-page report, which is still in the files and needs to be looked at. Um, I'm attempting to obtain a copy of it now, but I wanted to alert people that it exists 
and that we should all be taking a look at it. Uh, this happened all in 1964. In 1965, uh, Robert Kennedy began a campaign, a three-pronged campaign. One, uh, he began a campaign for the presidency. Two, he enlarged his investigation into who killed President Kennedy by constantly interviewing, um, secretly interviewing, people he considered reliable. Uh, he met with dozens of people in 1965, and he wrote reports. He wrote over a hundred reports in 1965 of interviews that he did with people who were helping Robert Kennedy do an investigation into who killed the president. In 1966, District Attorney Jim Garrison began an investigation because um, there was so much interest in the fact that the Warren Commission report was totally wrong and it was obvious it was wrong to anybody with half a brain. Uh, the most telling thing was the NBC, CBS, and ABC all were telling outrageous lies about the Kennedy assassination. And it was obvious to every member of the Senate, of Congress. Now, ask yourself, who killed Julius Caesar? I know that seems like a um, strange question, but have you ever read Shakespeare's play, Julius Caesar? I read that, I reread that play once a year, simply because it is so similar to the assassination of both John Kennedy and Robert Kennedy, the way it was conducted. Um, the assassination of Julius Caesar. And it's important to understand how ruling classes operate. The United States is a dictatorship, no different than China or Russia um, or Rome. So it's important for you to understand the kind of society you live in. Because if you want to solve global warming, you need to understand the kind of society you live in. Uh, we're not going to be able to solve global warming by asking the government what the government's going to do for us to solve global warming. That's just simply a fairy tale to believe that the government is going to do anything because the oil companies, the coal companies, control the government. And nothing that the government says or does is going to be because of anything you think. If you want to end global warming, you are going to have to institute in your city, in your town, you and five friends are going to have to form a committee to create a solar Median tariff payment policy that requires your local utilities to pay anyone feeding solar onto the grid 49 cents a kilowatt hour because that's the solution and if you don't do it it's not going to happen. So 1966 Garrison begins this beautiful investigation into how the uh, people involved in the invasion of Cuba um, the CIA from Miami and New Orleans 
um, assassinated President Kennedy. And all the leads Garrison dug up led right back to George Bush, E. Howard Hunt, Frank Sturgis, Richard Nixon, and the whole crew around Watergate. So if you want to know who killed President Kennedy, it was the people arrested in the Watergate. And it was the people uh, arrested during the invasion of Cuba. And it was the people that Robert Kennedy arrested in New Orleans when uh, he sent down um, FBI agents to Lake Pontchartrain and arrested about 100 CIA agents, seized tons of explosives, bullets, guns, um, C4 explosives. Robert Kennedy uh, arrested some of the top officials in the CIA who were operating a training base at Lake Pontchartrain just outside of New Orleans, where District Attorney Jim Garrison was um, living and was working. So in 1967, it was obvious uh, Robert Kennedy was conducting a major campaign against the CIA and their involvement in the assassination of President John Kennedy. So George Herbert Walker Bush Sr. hired a man named George Putnam, the highest paid radio announcer in Los Angeles, to help organize a campaign to assassinate uh, Robert Kennedy when Robert Kennedy came to Los Angeles as he was running for president. Now, I can't say this about George Putnam or George Herbert Walker Bush unless it's true, because I could be sued for slander and libel for saying and publishing these facts about George Putnam and George Herbert Walker Bush. So we know what I'm saying is true. Um, let's see. Uh, Robert Kennedy and um, District Attorney Jim Garrison uh, were both attempting to cooperate into the investigation of the role of George Bush in the assassination of John Kennedy. Uh, Robert Kennedy was helping and supporting uh, District Attorney Jim Garrison by um, encouraging people, actually paying people to go help uh, District Attorney Jim Garrison to conduct the investigation. And, by the way, um, Robert Kennedy uh, wrote several articles about uh, supporting Garrison's investigation of the Kennedy assassination. In April of 1968, um, Robert Kennedy was campaigning for the presidency and he was in Memphis, Tennessee when the CIA assassinated uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Then in June of 1968, uh, George Putnam um, and Thane Eugene Caesar assassinated Senator Robert Kennedy in Los Angeles after Kennedy won the Democratic election because it was obvious that uh, because Robert Kennedy won that he was going to be the candidate 
against Nixon and he would win the presidency and then he would arrest George Herbert Walker Bush for the murder of President John Kennedy. Thank you. All right, we are back. And uh, you guys should all go check out the JFK Film Festival on the 11th, 11, 11, 17, coming actually, up. It, no, sorry, it's on the, thir- the 13th. It's on the 13th, actually. I don't know where I got the 11th from. It's the 13th uh, coming up. It's a Saturday night. You guys can get your tickets on inventionstore.tv. And we are talking to Thomas Nevin, who has put this together. It's going to be at the Victoria Theater, 29616th Street. There are two shows. There's 3 o'clock and a 6 o'clock show uh, featuring Paul Kangas and special guests. That's who you were just listening to. And we are back with Thomas Nevins. Welcome back. Thank you. Some Call Me Tim. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's uh, a pleasure to be here. Um... So yeah, Paul. Paul is a, a brilliant man. He he, um, you know, works on so many uh, important projects. Uh, besides the his research with the JFK assassination, you know, global warming and uh, uh, vaccination uh, issues. That's so funny. People say that the, one of the theories, conspiracy theories, is that vaccinations are the cause of autism. That's yeah, exactly what he has much much research. In wow. Yeah. I'm so interested in that because. I, I used to be I used to be a teacher and from 1997 until 2001 and we, I had one child that was on the spectrum and suddenly in the thousand there are so many, when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s nobody was on the spectrum I mean there were kids that played with transformers until they were in sixth grade and we thought they were kind of odd but really it seems like Every, it seems like you can't swing a dead cat around anymore without hitting a kid with autism in the face. So it's like, where did it all come from? And I thought, it's got to be the food. It's got to be corn syrup. I was like, it's corn syrup, right? But a lot of people are saying that, nay, it's vaccinations that are somehow giving our children, putting them on the on the autistic spectrum. So I I don't know. All I know is if, if we didn't have vaccine, vaccines, would we have, would polio come back and and you know debilitate a bunch of people like i don't um, well i don't have all the information on that exactly uh paul has a lot more on that information i don't think it's exactly causing autism but it's causing something physiological in your body that's um essentially like a autoimmune response i think uh, it was what, I, what I, I take from it well i never get a flu shot because when i get a flu when i've gotten a flu shot in the past i always get sick so I'm like, what's the point? You give me a you give me a flu shot to help me not get sick, but it gives me the flu. So I know that you're supposed to inoculate yourself against it so that you don't I mean, anyways, every right. time I've gotten a flu shot, I've just gotten sick. So I'm like, so I give myself a flu shot so I'm sick now, so I'm not sick for the rest of the season? Like, are you kidding me? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but one of the reasons I don't have kids is that I don't even know how I would weigh in on that. Like, do you get them vaccinated? Do you not? Like wasn't it like you're supposed to, when one kid has chicken pox, you're supposed to invite all the other kids over? Right, and have them spit in each other's mouths. Yeah, yeah just, like the, just like the South Park. Go spit in each other's mouths. Why? So we all get sick. Uh, I actually never had chicken pox as a child. So that is a little scary because I'm an adult, and I hear if you catch it as an adult, you can die. It's, yeah, it's a lot more dangerous for an adult, I, I guess. Or I think it... 
It has to do with shingles. Too. Right. It's like shingles is in your eye, right? Is I thought it shingles is usually like on your cheek or your face, but I thought that was related to herpes. I thought shingles and herpes were related. Well, I think uh, chickenpox is a form of herpes. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. Blowing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone has herpes, but not everyone has shingles. Hmm. We should have a vaccine for, for herpes. I guess Valtrex is the kind of like a vaccine, but it's a pill, so I don't know how science works. Tell us more about JFK. Well, why um, why should people go to this? Is this for people who are experts already, or is this for like, you know, I've always thought there was something fishy about that. Like, wh- who's your target audience? Um, You know, I I think... It's anybody that's that's already like interested in the history of it. I would say, um, you're gonna. I think you're gonna learn a lot, no matter what your level of expertise is, because Paul was there. He was, right. you know, he's been investigating. He he's as much of an expert as you could possibly be. Really. Sure. You know, um, and we have some other uh, history buff experts on the panel uh, that are gonna be able to. You know, have conversations and on the topic. Are they finding these special? Like tomorrow is going to be the releasing of the of the of the files. But are they finding these? How are they finding their unique research? You know, items. Are they are they spelunking newspapers? Are they watching that that live film over and over? Are they at the site with like, you know, um, checking out angles and like what are how like what exactly? Do you research when you're looking for the truth about the JFK assassination? Well, um, you know, there's all sorts of background uh, connect- connecting the dots kind of stuff that you have to do. Um, there's documents that you can look up and track. Uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, I can't really, like I said, we can't really talk about what Paul does exactly. Right, 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 right. But, um... <laughs> He's he's an expert at, at that whole field, essentially. Right. Um, what well, well, what would you? I mean, if if people are into the JFK assassination, obviously the first thing to do is to come to the event on the thirteenth, and you'll learn more. But what are some other like websites that you might recommend for those who want to delve into this historical subject without just like, do you just go to YouTube and put in? You know, JFK assassination theories, or what would? How would you recommend that if well, a, a, yeah, lay, I mean, you, a lay researcher wanted to start? I think we'll go. You know, I would definitely go to Paul's YouTube channel okay. and check out. He has tons of videos on there. Uh, Paul Eight Kangas is his YouTube name. So P A U L, the number eight, and then K A N G A S. And I should put that up on. Um, I'll put a link up on the. Uh, tickets page on inventionstore.tv if you want to buy tickets they're basically i'm i'm actually on my web server right now uh trying to update the page yeah but, uh essentially it's ready for purchase i just uh well the 3 p.m show is ready for purchase but i'm gonna at this point email them to you right back when the purchase comes through so gotcha by the end of the day, we'll have it all automated, though. Yay! And uh, and th- and this is—it's going to be a couple weeks before um, this uh, event. Well, so what else do you have left to get ready for this event? You've got all your speakers. You have—I have my yeah. The the projectionists are lined up. The uh, the box office is all lined. You're up. all ready to go. 
pretty sell much. The tickets. Yeah. Well. Oh. Okay. So <laughs> I didn't get to tell you my story from yeah. uh, two years ago. Okay, it's relevant. Um, so at the Shelton Theater uh, two years ago, we did uh, Blast from the Past Halloween Party on Back to the Future Day. Right. And uh, traveled uh, straight to Halloween. Um, so we had a costume creation station on hand, and uh, I think I think we had free pizza, and it was a good time. Uh, I unveiled the cognitive time machine, yeah. and which I brought a component today. We're gonna do a little cognitive time travel. But uh, what was interesting was, is two years ago I I went straight to the future, and I uh, I landed uh, right at the JFK show, uh-huh. and so. Wow! Yeah, we run, might run into my old self uh, on the thirteenth. So that's hilarious. You time traveled into the future to your own event, and uh, and and saw its inception. That's that's rad. And I can't help but think that maybe this show, this radio show here, has something to do with it because I did. I didn't think about it, but I brought the same music box with me to the show and. Oh. That's how cognitive time travel works. So. It's, and it's all, and it's all coming together. Gonna, yeah. Uh, so hook us up. Play some of this. Uh, let's get some Let's get some cognitive time machine Great. rolling. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, just uh, to describe to you what I have here, it's um, an acrylic music box that I, I made myself. Uh, it's got like uh, images uh, that were you know, hand-painted into the layers of the side with trees and, you know, there's a little path and and you open the box and it... Uh, that, can you hear that? Uh, yeah, bring it a little closer to your microphone. Oh, there we go. Now we're hearing that. So, and I got a little catch. You put the top on and it stops the music. Um, so I think we're going to put some tickets in the box. Um... That's uh, we always want to put some kind of a memento in the box to make us think about um, focus our our thoughts on um, something, and this is how our mind is able to make the time travel happen. So I have tickets number um, twenty four and twenty five. Oh, well, today's the twenty fifth. All so. right, there we go. There we go. I'll put those in the box, and we'll see if something magic happens. If anybody's listening right now, you know, uh, these tickets are going to go in the time machine, so maybe they'll go straight to your pocket. Uh, <laughs> you can also give us a call at 415-550-0511 if you're interested in free tickets for the JFK Coup d'etat film project happening in Victoria Theater on Saturday November 13th at both 3 and 6 o'clock. Putting the tickets into the time machine right now. Okay. So we just let that simmer in there for a little while. And uh, we kind of forget about it. and But it's in our minds already, right? And so, um, you know, let's just kind of keep talking about what we were talking about. And then... Uh, Later, so let me first I'll just tell you a little bit more about the box. This is a box, uh, actually, it's the music is um, the uh, Wind Forest from Totoro. Oh, I love if you, Totoro. If you recognize that, um, 
that music. The cat uh, bus is my so favorite the box part. Is sort of looks like a wind forest. So when you open the box, I, I say that the winds of time release the uh, sure. the energy from what you put in there, and this is how uh, you're able to use your minds to uh, to time travel. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so we, we did this two years ago and, um, I've done it another time. One time it was a, wow, that was a crazy story. I usually try to find some object or I ask the person who wants to, you know, experience this, you know, give me an important object to you. And uh, this one time, um, it was just in my kitchen. Uh, this woman was over, I forget who she was, a friend of a friend or something. Um, and she wasn't sure like what objects to choose. So I was like, uh, well, well, I, I don't know. She wanted to time travel to see her dog, I huh. think. And is her dog dead? I... I no, the dog wasn't dead. It okay. was, the dog was with her parents. If oh. I remember. Yeah, she was just missing her dog. Um, but I grabbed something. I just like I knew there's like this shelf in kind of like in my living room that has a bunch of little knickknacks, and so I was like, all right, I'll, maybe there's a little toy dog in there or something. I'll go look for it, and um. I grabbed the dog, found the little toy dog, I don't know, I don't think I've ever seen this dog before, and I put it in the box, and I'm not remembering the story exactly right, but here's the, basically the end of the story, is she was like pale as a ghost, because I grabbed this little toy dog and put it in the box, and when she saw that dog, she's like, no, you don't understand. And she showed me a picture on her phone of her dog. The little toy looked exactly like her dog, and I had never seen wow. this toy before. So yeah, I mean, this, I, so did I, the dog time travel and leave you the leave you the toy? I think so. Yeah, I think I, I told the story a little bit backwards. Like she put something in the box. It was like a little. That's right. She had like her dog's collar or something, sure. and I put it in the box. And I was like, oh, let me try to find something else to add to it and and then the dog looked just and then like this the dog. little dog toy that i've never seen before appeared and it looked exactly i was like spinning image like as if somebody like i'm not even joking how exactly this toy looked like her dog yeah it was crazy she was shocked yeah she's like how did you do that she thought how i was like playing you, a joke on her or something how did you come up with this whole process of your caught because did you make your own box or did someone give you the box? I made this. You made the box. Okay. Yeah. So did this is this is of your own conception. You didn't meet anybody that's like, hey, I built a cognitive time machine box. You should try it too. This was like you were all I'm putting the music box, I've got a thing, we put this in there, we we do some cognitive time travel. It's developed over time. Um literally developed over time. Ah, uh, I, I'd have to admit I've run into myself a few times before and the world doesn't blow up and you, you don't pass run out. You into yourself. Um, I probably will. Do you have different hairstyle when you run into yourself or are you the same? You've watched my show before. No, I haven't. 
<laughs> no, I'm just wondering if like that's my whole trick. Yeah, that, I can't change my hairstyle. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that is that what it is? Because I guess it makes sense that if it's you're my, it's my hairstyle. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, but if if you you from the '80s would probably have different hair than I haven't met myself from the '80s yet. Um, although I, when in the '80s, I did meet myself from the uh, the future. So it's like yeah. um, that book, the time traveler's wife. She's, I she, know, you know, know, there's a book, there's a woman, he meets her when he's old and she's a child and then their timelines get closer together. And then when they're married as an adult, she, he's being all distant and weird. And that's because he's visiting her in her past. So he's never around in her future. It's, 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 it's bizarre. Oh, it's, well, very, it's a cool. It's, it's kind of creepy. It is. It's a little creepy, okay. but it's, it's romantic. It's very romantic huh. book, time travel. What's right. it called again? The, tra- the Time Traveler's Wife. Time Traveler's Wife. Okay. It's, yeah, it's a romantic book. It was like an Oprah's Book Club book or something. I should probably be reading some of these things because maybe it would give me some tips. Well, but that's the thing is that they're they're like they're pure fiction. I mean, but that's the question: is fiction truly fiction? When you read when you read the Stephen King novel Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three, you'll just be like, oh, did, what did he know? <laughs> but I I think he worked with a bunch of different um, JFK like historians, so a lot of his information. He had he had a lot of help because it's uh, but he also makes it up. He makes up these whole sections of what he does in the past and who he meets. I mean, it's a fiction book, but it seems pretty spot on, Stevie. Uh, so, what happens with the box now? Uh, okay, so we've talked about um, kind of the subject and the um, tickets in the box here have been building energy, and so now when we release the winds of time. Uh, I believe something should normally happen, so let's let's see. I'll open the box again. We'll just let the music wind down and complete. As we remember, they were tickets number 24 and 25. Today is October 25th. Tomorrow, the JFK files will be released. 25 years later. I wound that thing up pretty hard. Oh, sweet. Are you going to be uh, around? I hope day? so, yeah. yeah. There, was the, there was the music. And tickets, thank you. Tickets number 24 and 25. What was the change? Did they go into the future and come back? Maybe. 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 I didn't think about that. <sighs> they say that the JFK Film Festival is going to be a lot of fun. It's only $10. Uh, so there, there, is, there is um, preferred seating available for $20 oh, also, cool. um, although that's not on the website yet, but uh, we do have those tickets available, which basically just means you get to enter first and you choose the seats you want. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And a little extra support for uh, Victoria Theater, a nonprofit theater, and um, uh, Paul is uh, actually, Paul donated his own time to this oh that's wonderful and yeah what a generous guy 
So you have JFK experts and films coming up. I'm very excited uh, to check this out and learn more. You guys can go to, we linked it on the Facebook, but you can go to inventionstore.tv and get your tickets now for the 3 o'clock or the 6 o'clock showing of the JFK Film Festival uh, here at the beautiful Victoria Theater on 16th Street on November 13th. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, this is rad. Everybody go get your tickets now. And uh, this has been Some Call Me Tim. It's been a good one. I am hosting Brainwash tonight, so anybody who wants to get in on some comedy, hey, I'll be down there. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're a comedian and you stay through six other comedian sets, I will bribe you with a marijuana treat. That's because I want you to be good audience members to each other. Hey, everybody, be good to each other. Go to the JFK Film Festival. Learn the truth about our government. And uh, we'll see you guys next week on Some Call Me Tim. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> if you're looking
looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorneyfjs.com. Again, the law office of Francis J. Shaheda in San Francisco. and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> The Night Space brings you High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. 
the night space featuring high time story time every wednesday night from 10 to midnight on mutiny radio high time story time volume one now available on amazon.com for kindle and electronic download I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Howdy, mutineers. It is I, Stolowitz, Dark Lord of the Sith, and several dive bars in San Jose. Every Tuesday night from 10 p.m. to midnight, join me in my quest to escape from the occult oubliette, a world of violence, intrigue, sexuality, mysticism, magic, and leftover spaghetti. Enjoy my insane